Welcome back to an episode of Who Saved Over My Podcast, the spectator mode version. I'm one of your co-hosts, Neil Strebig, of course, and with me as always is Donald Double D Decray. Hello. <laughs> so keep it short and simple. We're not going to go back over the intro to what spectator mode is. If you don't know, listen to last week's episode, the one before that. Don't want to keep repeating myself, folks. <laughs> yeah, the goal is to be a little bit quick on this, isn't it? It is, it is, yeah. So today's topics, give you a quick rundown. We're going to talk about the Borderlands movie, pretty impressive cast. Uh, Legos kind of gave a big, uh, you know, no-no with uh, Activision Blizzard with some Overwatch 2 tours and Lego sets coming out. We got some Battlefield news or uh, <laughs> lack of Battlefield news in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, some other news with Riot and uh, League of Legends and some uh, online bullying and Kind of leads into the last topic as well with uh, some bullying and G4 uh, statements as well from some of the cast members at that uh, TV network. So the last two topics we'll probably dive into a little bit longer than the uh, the first three. But I mean, let's get into it. You want to get us started, Double D? Yeah, why not? Um, so we'll start off with the Borderlands movie that's been announced. The cast has been released. It's got a couple of big name stars, including Kate Blanchett as uh, Lilith, Kevin Hart as Roland, Jack Blatt. Coming in as Claptrap, Jamie Lee Curtis as Dr. Patricia Tannis. And then we've got a bit of an ensemble cast with other people covering the other roles. Maybe I'm not giving them enough credit, but Ariana Greenblatt, Florian Monteau, uh, Haley Bennett, uh, Janina Gavin Carr, Gina Gershon, Cheyenne Jackson, Charles Baba. Oh my, my. This is a tough one for me. Baba Lola? Uh, <laughs> Who and- is it in it? A few more, but yeah, it's got an impressive cast. Uh, The question I think a lot of people have is, are they, like, how well will these people represent their characters essentially on the big screen, right? Because, you know, like Jack Black, Kevin Hart especially, have strong personalities. Jack Black as Claptrap, sure, I can see that. Kevin Hart as Roland, I don't know. I mean, the, the video game vibes is funny and stuff like that, but is this necessarily the right fit for the characters? What do you think? No, I'm with especially Roland, a uh, bit more serious character and whatnot, too. But I mean, with that cast and no one, I think the comedic backgrounds of Borderlands, I think that's more the vein they're going with to make a fun, entertaining movie, probably R-rated, lots of violent, I mean, should be R-rated, lots of violent, necessary bloodshed, over-the-topness. So with that in mind, I think the cast they're putting together kind of hits all of that. But I do think we're seeing this a lot with the video game movies, and we know the history of video game movies. Not many are actually good movies. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you, you take those uh, those properties, it's bad. But the casts are huge. Oh yeah, and well, and what's kind of like weird is we definitely have seen some good video game movies come out. You know, like Mad Max as a franchise has been, I think, solid all around. For example, and then you have. Um, like I think like the world of Warcraft movie, which was so anticipated and largely not that well received considering all the lore and stuff they had the potential. So I don't know. Like I can't tell how much of this is just like a a cash grab attempt. Like, Hey, let's take a very well-known IP stuff it with a bunch of well-known actors. I mean, you know, we've got some real big names in here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And take our money and go, or how much of this is like a serious attempt at putting together a good cast to make a good movie. So, you know, I guess we will see. Also, Mad Max, that wasn't a video game first. Was it not? No, that was this 80s cocaine-fueled dystopian. And if somebody basically and went then that, you know, they made a video game. It was just like, hey, Mel Gibson. Oh, look at this. I'm getting called <laughs> out on Pontiac my... Firebird ah. needs gasoline. They bumped an eight ball and then boom, <laughs> that was made. <laughs> well, then, 
I don't have a good example. Do you have a good example of a of a video game made movie? Because Resident Evil didn't good. didn't really hack it. No. Good video game. I mean, when Ready Player One was a book, but it's built on video game culture quite a bit. Uh, I think they did a good job with that. Um, I mean, Oof. I like the original Super Mario Brothers movie. I think it's a classic. <laughs> I think it's uh, well, probably maybe, should win maybe every Oscar. Every somebody can ever, like leave a comment uh, or something about a, vi- <laughs> a movie based on a video game that was actually solid and a hit because we're coming up short right now for sure. Yeah, there's definitely <laughs> not one that's coming to, to recent memory. I mean, Bleach and Cowboy Bebop, I think, were the first uh live action like anime shows and movies that yeah but did that's not justice. that's definitely not see and we're getting we're getting off the flow man we said we were going to be snappy about this so <laughs> this is true it's true man. <laughs> tell me what's going on lego <laughs> uh that's a good question i have no idea but uh <laughs> no legos uh had an actually overwatch 2 uh titan set coming out uh it was announced in i think middle december and then got delayed it was supposed to come out february 2nd they pushed it back because again everybody knows activision blizzard huge misconduct as far as workplace sexual misconduct pretty much anything the hr says no no to they were doing <laughs> uh lagos is out of pool uh they still have i guess overwatch one and everything you know before that everything that's already been on the market overwatch has been out for almost six years now but with overwatch 2 they're pumping the brakes kind of seeing where things go and let the dust settle what are your thoughts yeah, I mean, this is maybe the theme for the for uh, spectator mode today a little bit is some of these gaming controversies and culture around the industry and stuff going on with that because this definitely comes into some of the larger concerns with especially like women in the workplace and how they are treated. Um, the CEO Bobby Kotick, Kotick, I'm not saying that right. One of those is right. One of those is not correct. Obviously, of Activision Blizzard is the one getting most of the heat for what's going on here. Um, and you know, like the stories come out, we hear things about different companies. I think it's one of those things. There's a preponderance of evidence at this point, right? Like to imagine that these are isolated cases or these are stories taken out of context or, you know, like, oh, it's just a few bad apples. I don't think that argument can be made in good faith anymore when we keep hearing this about a variety of companies and then when you also hear about something like as large as Activision Blizzard, which is, I think, in some ways, one of like the flagship developers in the industry, you know, it brings up the question, like, if it, it's if it's even going on there, what are the odds going on just all over rampant in the industry and stuff, you know, and similar to like the issues that we've been hearing about, with like the Me Too movement in Hollywood and stuff like it's an open secret, maybe that this is what tech is like if you're yeah. a woman in these spaces. No, I'm with you. It's it's interesting to me, at least with Legos, because they're reviewing their partnership. And we've definitely seen the windfall with companies and developers and even you know Xbox talking about, do they need to make a statement? And I'm not defending Activision or anybody that was involved with this, but America's, Americans do love scapegoats. And it's very clear Activision Blizzard is becoming a scapegoat for the misconduct has been pegged across the video game industry for quite some time. And I think companies like Lego and even developers uh, like Xbox, PlayStation are, you know, chalking up, running them over, backing them over them twice kind of thing. It doesn't yeah. lead them much to really, even if they repair the cultural damages, where does it lead them as a company with this kind of fallout? Yeah. And is and that I, fair? I don't know. Well, because the I think part of the thing, too, is I, I feel like there's been a shift in... Um, priorities with gaming companies in general away from like doing something they're necessarily passionate about to 
being just really capitalist and focused on making money and all the kind of crap that comes with that. So I'll actually use this as my segue to move into the Battlefield controversy. Um, Battlefield 2042 released, receiving a lot of heat from gamers, especially on Reddit, to the point that there are articles on Kotaku, PC Gamer, IGN, all looking at specifically the subreddit uh, for 2042 and what's going on there. Because, you know, again... The game was changes in design, rushed, unfinished, uh, pricing, you know, the uh, op- the model they're using and stuff like that. Like, people are very unsatisfied with what's going on. And at the same time, while I definitely hear those concerns and feel them myself, this seems like what's become the norm for games in the 20, 20th century. You know what I mean? Like, this is what it's like when games come out these days is they're unfinished, they're day one patches, they have predatory monetization schemes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like stuff's going downhill real fast. No, I mean, and we're going to have to have a whole segment just just kind of on this topic itself because it's kind of like, who's at fault? Is it just the developers? Is it, you know, fans, you know, bashing games too soon when, you know, And we talked about that, I think, in a previous podcast as well. Yeah, and like some patches can be easy fixes to certain things that seem like major issues at launch. But with Battlefield, and you know, I haven't played it and haven't really followed the series either, uh, you know, full disclosure kind of thing, but reading through the Reddit thread and the news you sent me, and we'll have links to all these stories too in the uh, comments. I don't think I did the last one, but I think uh, be helpful to follow on. But either way, yeah. uh, with Battlefield, then it just is like, why'd you, why'd you put it out? It, Everyone was kind of saying it's just a demo. It's clearly not a finished, polished game. Uh, you know, it was supposed to be better Royale. That's pretty clear with the map size. But then all these pieces are missing. And I don't know what the answer is to that. And I can't fault fans for being upset about this either because developers and publishers should know at that point how close is this. And quite frankly, what's so wrong with rolling it back? We, we've seen Good Faith be rewarded by fans of like, okay, it took longer than we wanted but if it's a complete game, no one's going to be mad. The anger and resentment comes from when it's a game that should have been a free demo. Yeah. And I think one of the other things that should be said too is there seems to be, I think, a disconnect between fan expectations and developer goals, essentially, in terms of what's being put out, how it's being put out. There, you know, I think another example would be maybe Halo Infinite. There is this idea that they must include Battle Royale because this is like the current trend in games coming out. They didn't bother with that. Halo traditionally never had that. They're not suffering for that. Like they like Halo Infinite has its issues for sure, but it's not because they didn't implement a Battle Royale mode. That wasn't the issue. So sometimes with these games, I can't tell if there's a breakdown of communication between fans and developers of like, hey, this is what we're looking for. And the developers being able to provide that instead of what they think the fans want. Yeah. So I can't tell. Um, but going back to, you know, controversy after controversy, <laughs> uh, Riot Games is the publisher for the wildly pro- uh, popular MOBA League of Legends is investigating the TSM CEO and co-founder. I'm going to say his name wrong. Uh, Dan- oh, see, Andy Din. Din? feel like that's right. 
I shouldn't be reading any names ever. On the show all the time, so <laughs> yeah, I know. I should not read any names ever. I'm so self conscious. We don't have about a team it. letting us know phoneticals now. Yeah, so yeah, somebody <laughs> the we, phonetics we, of each word. <laughs> we really need to sit down yet. and just write it out like real simple. Like this is how you say it. Um, but the short version is uh, Andy Din has been accused of being a uh, very toxic manager, accused by employees and former players, even that he's basically burned them out on the industry, the way he treated them, the way that he used them and discarded them being abusive you know some stuff there was you know streams that came up for example with uh, marcus dyrus hill who was a former top laner for team solo mid and how andy din was treating him on stream talking to him and everything else and the abusive nature all of the, all that and you know this is riot games baby you know league of legends is their thing i think they're very involved for the most part and so for them to get involved in investigating a team owner, I think it's kind of an interesting step by itself. Yeah, well, I think them getting involved is a money issue, though, as well, because their their reputation is now involved, and this is one of the biggest North American teams as well. What struck me in this story, reading it, was Din's only twenty nine, so he's pretty young. I mean, he's younger than me. Uh, yep. Crazy, younger than you as well. Yep, you're younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> But this is what <laughs> stuck me. And like esports and video games, clearly we've talked about it on the show already. We've talked about it, you know, twice already just on this episode, has a problem with harassment and toxicity and basically just people being assholes. But he's been in he's been in a leadership position and in charge basically of this team since 2009. Mm-hmm. He's 29. So he was a goddamn teenager when he was leading one of the largest esports teams in North America. That inherently, in my opinion, is like well, it's just fucking stupid. That has a lot, I think, to do with the way League of Legends developed and grew because Riot as a company basically said we want to make this a thing. We want esports to be taken as seriously and be as big on the public stage as like more traditional sports and stuff like that. And so they've invested a lot of money into the esports arm of the organization. They typically lose money on that side of the organization. You know, that's not where they generate money, but it's a commitment to them to grow that side of the business and the beginning of league of legends it was very much like wild wild west in terms of anything went with forming teams forming organizations and stuff they didn't have rules you know and these days it's franchisees you have owners of franchises you buy those like there's trading rules and stuff like everything's gotten significantly more structured which is all i think good if their goal is to be taken more seriously but then it brings into this issue i think of like how do you censure franchise owners and stuff like that yeah, and I, maybe we deserve another episode two to this topic as well. I love that spectator <laughs> mode becomes like basically, uh, you know, the minor leagues for our idea, story ideas, yeah, <laughs> ideas. But uh, and I mean, I cover this a bit with some of my esports coverage when I was with York Daily Record, just Harrisburg and the culture, and you know, the structure as you put it. But I think Ryan's kind of covering the bases then as well because you bet on basically the cultural horse, but. My point is the kid was, you know, 19, so longer than that, 16, 17, basically he got involved and then you grandfathered in bad habits. You know, we see it in hospitality industry all the time to where people come in at a young age, uh, they don't necessarily, they learn bad habits. It's not an excuse for behaving poorly or badly, but it now becomes on the person to basically hold themselves up to a standard that has been non-existent and for them to educate themselves as far as what should and shouldn't be. So if the kid was an asshole at 16, he has a position in power now, you know, only enabling him to be more of an asshole at 29. Yeah. You know, and that's a fair point. Um, Cause I think one of the concerns 
a larger concern might be esports in general. I think a lot of the players and, and what we would call stars legitimately are younger. You know what I mean? We are talking about teenagers a lot of times, and it's the same issues that come with fame, child stars and movies and stuff like that. Like it puts you in a bad situation because you got a lot of money with not a lot of responsibility per se up until that point. Maturity is still something being figured out. I think most people have made some mistakes in their teen years and early 20s probably that they regret these days looking back, grew a lot as people and learned from that. But you put it in a bubble and surround it with a lot of money, you don't necessarily suffer the full consequence of those actions. I don't know if you grow as much as a person, which might lead to some of the issues that we're seeing in this specific case and maybe around the industry in general as like these younger people grow up and then look for other careers and other positions in the gaming industry after they stop being players or they grow up playing a bunch of games and they want to get into that because that's where their passions lie, you know, and these are role models. These are people in positions of power and stuff like that. So I think there's definitely a larger conversation to be had here. And I'm also thinking of like Tyler T one is another streamer famously banned for being toxic, brought back reformed. I think we mentioned him before in a previous discussion as well. Mm-hmm. His, I think a lot of his stuff now is a character but my concern that I mentioned previously was like how many of his viewers know that this is like a, a persona that he's putting on for the camera. You know what I mean? Because he still yeah. gets all huffy puffy and you know what I mean? And, and kind of like does that like ragey stuff that like it's maybe it's good viewership, but are people looking at him as a role model and taking him seriously? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's definitely something we got to spend more time on, but in terms of being an asshole or bad behavior, uh, <laughs> one of G four's hosts and for y'all that don't know G four, uh, gaming channel uh got brought back to life uh end of last year was huge hit you know when we were younger when we were teenagers mm-hmm. and it was basically the only outlet for gaming uh the relaunch isn't just focused on gaming it's still pop culture but they've added more you know D, a lot more anime talk than uh the previous installation but this specific news bit one of their hosts uh indiana frost kieran i'm probably gonna mispronounce that so indiana what frost kieran kieran indiana frost kieran black basically called out viewers that have been sexist on the channel specifically you know they do the live show on their twitch stream and then if you watch on the actual station you see you know the edited and cut version often on the twitch stream uh this is when i called it and it's on their twitter feed as well they'll see the comments from the youtube and the twitch streams and people in discord commenting and oftentimes basically the biggest thing against uh frost is uh she's not as sexy as Olivia Munn, who was original host and people openly bash her about this and basically attack her saying how she's not pretty, but it's just ridiculous. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't walk down the street and say this to somebody. Uh, you probably should be a bit ashamed if you even thought it in your head, say with some of the comments they've received. And it's not just her. It's most of the female uh, cast that on there as well. They've openly attacked as far as their looks or just their opinions about their style. And it's just completely unnecessary and personal attacks, but she took about five, 10 minute segment and a statement to just, you know, blast them and, you know, bury them and be like, stop acting like this. Uh, thoughts. Yeah. I mean, for me, this is kind of a tough one because there's a, there's a lot of thoughts I have on this and I'll, I'll try to summarize them as well as I can to keep things short. Cause that's the point of this is to be a little bit quick in our takes on this. But like we said, this whole issue is a larger issue at play in the industry. The first thing that comes to mind is I don't actually know who is making these comments. Like I get that these are coming from like internet and Twitter and stuff and Twitch and stuff like that. But like, are these 34 year old men or are these 16 year old teenage boys? Cause there's a big difference. I think in the standard you hold those groups to 
when they're making these comments and like in some sense not that it's ever okay but if it's a 34 year old man i understand just being like you know screw you fuck off if it's a 16 year old kid then i want to have more of a dialogue of like hey like you know there's still hope for that person essentially of like we can have this dialogue we can talk about these views and where it's coming from you know the second thing that comes to my mind too is i want to i can't tell necessarily if these are and like this might be my own uninformedness on the topic like some of these are definitely just purely sexist but i can't tell if some of it's just because they know it gets a rise out of her you know what i mean could be like I kind of, I kind of think some of the like, like when you think about like toxic comments made to like guys and stuff, like oh you're a fag or like oh your mom's a whore and stuff like that, like it's you know it's not like it's good stuff to say, you know what I mean? I'm not supporting the the that at all, but it's also not really coming from I don't think a place of like deep seated belief in those things as much as it, like I'm trying to find your trigger words or your trigger buttons. I'm trying to find the things that yeah. will upset you, you know and. I I think in this case, my fear is like she's shown this bothers her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it a problem? Yes. Is it something that needs to be addressed? Yes. Is G4 the publication to address it? I'm not convinced. And if the motivation is for them to get a rise out of her or make her feel bad, she's given it to them. You know what I mean? Like she's proven that they're getting yeah. to her. No, and that's that's a great point. And, uh, you know, is it the right medium to make a statement like that? To me, to your point on this, and a portion of it when I did see it too, was, you know, in journalism, when you become the story, you fail and you probably should, you know, pull back and reevaluate. And she's put made herself the story with this. And part of that is, yes, you want to take a stance. You don't want people to do this. Uh, I don't know the G4 casting is very close knit. They're all very supportive on Twitter with one another, sharing and supporting each other. So, you know, it's not just her getting it either. You know, it's uh, Gina Darling, uh, Olivia May, and... Uh, Nova, what's the, I forget the other, uh, sure. the female caster or host. Um, they all have been getting it nonstop compared to the mayor colleagues as well. So it probably is a distraction. They felt the need to do it. The way she presented it definitely came off as, you know, she's going on her own being personal and maybe it was, you know, she felt the need to do that and, you know, God bless her for doing so. But to your point then too, you now also give them ammunition because now you put the spotlight and now they know they bother you. And usually yeah. the best way to handle trolls is by just letting them fucking talk themselves silly and then until they're out of breath, you know, and you just let them piss off. Yeah, and, punch and just go on being excellent. Because like, I don't know, because it, it raises kind of the alternate point, which is when when and or how is it appropriate to address these issues, right? Because I, I think neither of us are really defending the behavior. I'm mostly arguing that like you know, the way I address it with again, like a 34 year, year old man and a 16 year old kid is going to be a different approach, right? Because there are very different circumstances depending on who's saying it, but I don't want it to seem like I'm advocating that you never address these issues that they never get talked about. I'm just not convinced that this was maybe the way to go about it. Like maybe rather than her making a speech on her own and stuff and, and getting involved directly, G4 as an organization could have addressed this in a more general sense or something like that. But I or don't directly know. and have a, have a segment dedicated to that rather than taking away from an episode of X perhaps. Right. And like do yeah. something like a special on this topic or something like that to draw attention to it. Maybe bring in more of the male co-hosts and stuff like that to add balance to it so it doesn't seem like this is like her just flipping off because I guarantee the people that she's speaking to are the same people that will say, one, be excited that she got upset. And two, because it's just her popping off, it's going to be 
about her. You know what I mean? It's not really going yeah. to be looking at the larger issues that she's bringing up. So I, I feel bad for her. I really do. I just don't know that this was the right play in the circumstance to like the right response. I should say not really the right play, but the right response to what was yeah. going on. No, no, I, I hear you there. And again, I think it's another topic too. We can definitely pull the layers back on and, uh, you know, discuss more in another episode as well, but that's all we got for today's spectator mode. We're going to have a couple more episodes coming your way as always this is a weekly segment. Uh, as far as upcoming regular who saved over my podcast episodes, I think the next topic we're going to discuss another anime. No, my, yeah. Hero? Yep. We're is doing, that the, is that my the, the, the next one? Is that yep. the rumor? And that is the rumor currently. Cause I think it's the only show that we're both at the same place on yeah yeah well you love binge and stuff so you're always way behind yeah but, well because uh, i always wait for i i just rather ha- i rather if someone was like would you watch a 10-hour movie i'd be like no but if they were like would you watch 10 one-hour episodes i'm like hell yeah sign me up and yeah, that's how i sense. watch all my media <laughs> it is. but guys as always thank you for listening thank you for supporting uh, as mentioned uh i'll drop a couple of links to some of these stories in the uh, youtube comments as well for y'all that listen audio wise you know Use your phone, look it up after the episode. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, as always, guys, thank you for listening. Always appreciate it. And uh, until next time. Have a good one.